For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. With Dr. Greg Smalley, I'm John Fuller, and we've talked before about anger as an emotion. It um, often is reflective of something else going on. Uh, Greg, let's talk about the betrayed spouse and the anger that they naturally are going to feel. I mean, that's coming from a a pretty deep place. It is. Anger always is masking deeper emotions of hurt, fear, or frustration. So you think about the, the hurt that's that's under the surface, maybe feeling betrayed, deceived, not good enough, uh, a commitment that was broken. Maybe it's fear. Will this happen again? You know, is my marriage over? Can we recover? And, and even frustration, you can almost imagine that spouse pounding their fist on the mm-hmm. table going, I can't believe you did this to me, and now we have to spend years recovering from your choice. Yeah. So there's a lot of deeper emotion that needs to be dealt with. Well, let's go ahead and hear from a couple that have had to deal with this. Uh, Gary and Mona Shriver um, did recover after Gary confessed having an affair, and here are the Shrivers talking with Jim Daly. What are those things you can say, okay, I hear you, it's been a few days, these are my thoughts, this is what the Lord's been saying to me in my prayer time about this. Mm-hmm. When you recovered and kind of got on your feet, A, how long did that take yeah. just for that? Yeah. And then B, what were some of the things you and Gary talked about to say, here are the ground rules moving forward? Right. Um, when I, I can't even tell you when I recovered, it was such a gradual thing. It was impossible to pray for some time. All I could do was cry out, God, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and then you take solace in that verse that the Holy Spirit prays for you when you mm-hmm. don't know how to pray. Were you mad at God at all or Not just Not in Gary? the beginning, but there will come a time yeah. when, you know, it's like I went, I spent three years getting close to you and learning about mm-hmm. you, and this is my reward. Thanks, heat. This was further down the line. But that's down the line because... Yeah. And the anger can be first, Jim. Yeah. It just, there there are Everybody's some commonly seen responses to the news. So it can be anger, but we have to understand that somebody's shouting from the rooftop trying to survive. Mm-hmm. All I could do was hold my Bible. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even read my Bible. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that really is. It's so tender. There's almost poetry to that, that you're uh, so broken inside, you don't know what to do. I, you don't. You don't. Uh, she was literally in the fetal position for a, a very long time. So how are you responding? Well, you see, at this point, I'm at the 
I hate to even say this, but I'm at the best place I was spiritually for a long time. Because you felt cleaner. Now, it's, it's in the light. It's, you know, God's move. I was closest that I was to God for a long time. And, but I just knew in that, in those initial stages, she was broken. She was bleeding. She was just, you know, on the carpet and, um, and in the fetal position, quite literally. And that was something that, that, as I knew that I needed to be in that damage control mode to help her to get through this, to do whatever I can. And I really, really, really like to speak to that because I think that to think that, uh, that she would have had the, the thought to be able to say, well, let's take a step at this point or let's do this. She was just, it, this was a, a total trauma that's happened to her. She couldn't think at all. And uh, I had to be there for her and help her through this. And so to say to make some sort of a commitment at that point, there was no way she could have done that. And, and I think that what's really important is to give the permission to the offended spouse out there that you don't have to at first. It needs to be something that you just have to be willing, if you can possibly, lean into God and just... Because they're, they're, they're befuddled. They don't, they're, the, the whole horizon is out of focus. They can't think. They can't do anything. Foundations yeah, rock, just, shatter. Just lean into God and just know that he is faithful to take that next baby step of restoration and mm-hmm. bring that into focus for you and then give you the boldness to take that step. And, and that is unique for every couple. There is no silver bullet, hey, here's the answer. Not at all, because everybody's different. Some it's met with anger. Mona was met with absolutely just she was on the floor. She couldn't even yeah. talk. The, the key there, and it's really good advice, mm-hmm. um, is you have to move with the flow of yes. it. I mean, it yes. sounds kind of odd, but God will be present. Yes, he will. Uh, Mona, I, I do need to ask you, how did you not... I mean, in my mind, I could picture you pounding on Gary's chest. I mean, just like this. How not could yet. You, how could you do this? How could you do this? The anger will come. We have a saying in our ministry that uh, betrayed spouses find their anger because hmm. it's a normal part of it. Of so it could be immediate. Angry. It could be days. It could be weeks, maybe months. Yes, Even absolutely. months. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think part of what we try to help couples understand is it is so convoluted and it is a long process and to ride the roller coaster. Right. Uh, we try to normalize a very abnormal situation. So, but one of the things um, Gary could do for me that we would say if a couple came and he says, my wife's on the floor, what do I do? Well, this is your time. You step up. Mm-hmm. You take care of the kids. Right. You let her rest. You you do whatever you, you can to, to re- her. relieve yeah. her burden and not don't press her for anything except survival right now. Yeah. Your, those talks will come later. You know, this conversation with the Shrivers really resonated with folks when we uh, featured it as a focused broadcast. And their honesty is one of the things that really is very, very helpful because there are so many couples that are dancing around this issue. It's either, uh, you know, flaring up or it's in the past and they can't address it. How does someone, Greg, uh, start to process this kind of thing, especially the anger, uh, without causing more damage to the relationship? In the Bible, in Ephesians 4.26, it says, be angry. So it's saying, go ahead. your anger is okay. Mm-hmm. Be angry, but do not sin. And John, regardless of what our spouse does, we are 100% responsible for what we do with our anger. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not their fault. It's my fault if I get angry and do something stupid or overreact. Let me say that. Right. I mean, again, our, our spouse is going to make poor choices. They're, they are going to hurt us, to, even to the extent of having infidelity. It's not excusing them to say, yet my emotions, my anger, that I am responsible. I'm the one that will stand before the Lord to give account of what did I do with my anger. It's okay to get angry. Hmm. Who wouldn't? be angry at feeling betrayed and having your covenant yeah. relationship broken. So it uh, totally understandable. So our, you know, I like to think of it, our spouse's poor choices, it, it never gives us the right then to maybe rage at them, to, to yell, curse, belittle, call them names. See, when we do that, we're, we're compromising our own integrity you know, for the person who's been so deeply wounded as that anger comes out, um, and that's not them. And therefore, we have to figure out, okay, what do I actually then do with this anger? How do I begin to process this in a different way that preserves my own integrity mm-hmm. and also helps me to work through this? And I think, one, when, when, you, when you feel that urge um, to rage, at your spouse, just to say the awful things that you're feeling based on what they did. That's when you need to take a break, a time out, and and decide that's not who I am. That's not who God wants me to be, hmm. and I'm not I'm not going to show up that way. He he or she made a poor 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 horrible choice, but I'm still responsible for how I choose to show up. And that's then when we have a good friend who's trusted that I can go to and and share these hurtful, painful emotions, who's going to listen and not try to fix or solve, is not going to go... Yeah, they're not going to use it against... Yeah. You know, but more importantly, a counselor Hmm. to to recognize, okay, as as I begin to get in touch with the deep betrayal, the the deep sense that I'm not good enough, all those deeper emotions... Accounts are so critical in this process yeah. because, see, now you're with a safe person who's trained to walk with you, begin to help heal your heart so that the next phase of your own recovery then is to look at the relationship. Mm-hmm. The mistake is when we try to focus on the marriage, on the, that relationship first yeah. and foremost, you don't need to do that. As, I, as a matter of fact, that's that's a terrible idea. Don't You don't have to make decisions about your marriage in the beginning. Because your heart's closed. And when our hearts are closed, that's never a good time to make that sort of decision. Mm. Instead, do the work with a counselor to begin to get your heart open to heal from that. And then you can figure out what is this journey going to look like as we recover in our marriage from this affair. Good. Well, we've got lots of details in the show notes for you, ways to get in touch, to talk to a counselor, to find resources and help. And uh, we'll also include a free digital download of the entire conversation Jim and I had with the Shrivers. We also have the book by Gary and Mona called Unfaithful, and we'll send that to you. Uh, Greg, last time you mentioned the article your team has posted, it, it would be good to mention that again. Yeah, it's extremely comprehensive article on how to recover from an affair. Okay. So we'll give the link to that, and, yep. and it's going to give you what you know, the, the do's and the don'ts of, of what this journey can look like. All right. Well, next time we're going to have a little lighter topic as we have Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott back. They're going to be talking about finding happiness in marriage after becoming an empty nester. Mm. 
And uh, I know it'll be a great time. Uh, Do plan to join us then. For now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Greg and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast.